0: This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 329, 1999, and the CGI effect.
1: Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast.
2: Strangers.
0: Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. there.
1: I am your father's best friend, <laughs> Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes.
2: villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk.
0: Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so why is he was that he created something.
2: So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast.
0: Hey, welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. My name is Ben Ben Avery, and I'm here with Steve McDonald. That's me and Evan David. Hello, hello. <laughs> <sighs> it's me Almost again, had British this Evan. Really, really smooth entry into this episode, and and then you, I'm you, back again. You stumbled and hesitated, mate, and fell back on the <laughs> yeah, the Cockney Oops. Cockney Evan. Oops. So it's funny, actually, my kids were just asking today, hey, dad, has Evan done his British accent lately? <laughs> and I, <laughs> and I said, no, no, he hasn't. And, awesome. And it's Guess really what? actually now funny. You
1: can give him the good news, governor.
0: I will. I, I will. Gov. So we're here <laughs> to talk about uh, the third installment in our series of Years that end in the number nine and uh we're gonna end our series with uh uh 2019 i think and uh the next episode we do about this series is gonna be 2009 uh but right now we're in 1999 and man what a big year of film 1999 was so nineteen seventy nine we called uh, the Star Wars effect because that was two years after Star Wars when studios actually had time to get movies out that were intentionally aping Star Wars or copying Star Wars or trying to be another Star Wars um, as opposed to just trying to some other studios earlier saying, "Ooh, we got something almost like that almost ready, and it's the cat from outer <laughs> space, you know so. <laughs> 1989, yeah. we were talking about as the the year of the franchise, the franchise effect because of all the, you know, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, Batman, and all these different movies that were huge. Star Trek V, big, big moneymakers, big, big, big moneymakers, but they were moneymakers because of their being a part of a franchise. But 1999, as we start looking at this year in film, it's crazy. First of all, some of these things here. Uh, And the kind of money that they were making, but also just the kind of uh, the way the CGI became not just uh, a tool that you use when you can't use anything else, but like the primary tool um, in in filmmaking. And this Mm. was, uh, yeah, Uh, I mean, let's, should we just go to the big one first? Like the the big, the the giant movie this year, um, The Mummy. And how it (laughs) of course I I should have led with baby geniuses.
2: (laughs) But that one was,
0: wasn't there a bunch of CGI in that movie too? With like the walking babies and stuff or no. Okay.
1: Didn't see baby geniuses. Well, baby geniuses. I used to love that movie. Me and my sister used to rent that all the time. And then it showed up on like one of watch mojo's number one of worst movies ever lists. I was like, man, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. Uh-huh. I haven't watched it since I was a kid, but I do remember they did use some CGI. They used it to make all the babies' mouths move and talk, and then they used it, I think, a little bit for – because some of the babies do kung fu, um, so probably probably with that scene. Prob- probably, yeah. Oh, oh and they, ma- they make one baby dance uh, to putting on the Ritz, so I don't know yeah. if they use CGI or puppetry for that, but yeah.
0: All right. The other, the other one I could have gone to is Wing Commander, uh as as our as our go-to for the, the joke first one. Um Wing Commander, which is well, well known in Star Wars history because that was the movie that had the Star Wars Episode One trailer attached to it. And if you wanted to see that trailer, if you wanted to see your first real glimpse on the big screen of what episode one was going to look like. This is the movie that you had to go to. And I remember going to see Wing Commander at uh <laughs> at Scottsdale Mall, Evan, which uh do you remember Scottsdale Mall? No, nope. because it doesn't exist anymore. Right now it's where um <laughs> it's south side of South Bend, where Target and uh, uh old Navy, it's a strip mall now. They tore down the mall. Right it's, right, it's also where buy dot com used to be. Uh, They had a they had a only
1: moved here like six years ago. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No. So this is (laughs) we're talking years and years and years ago. But we went we saw it for this trailer. But we say for the whole movie. There were people who just went, saw the trailer and left like they paid their seven bucks (laughs) to see the Star Wars episode one trailer. So Wing Commander, while it did not make like the top 10 money grossing films of 1999, um, it made a handful of money. I couldn't tell you how much, but a handful of money where it was just people who did not actually watch the movie. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the big one is Star Wars Episode One, May 19th, oh, yeah. 1999. And the return. Yeah, it was it was huge. It was big. Yep. This was this was the days when you actually I had a friend who did camp out outside the theater. You hear those stories, you know. I had a friend who mm-hmm. camped out in front of the theater for us a couple weeks ahead of time, so he could get the tickets for us. We went. He camped S- out for weeks. No, not weeks. Days. Oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but uh, no, he, he actually did have a tent outside of the theater, <laughs> but it wasn't for weeks. No, the t- the tickets went on sale a couple weeks before the movie came out, and that's gotcha. what he was doing. Um, but we spent the day at the theater. Uh playing games, watching movies on our laptops, and sitting in line uh waiting for this thing and it was it was huge, it was enormous,
2: yeah, it was a couple of days you know, after my my wedding, so we actually took time on our honeymoon to watch the movie dot 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 three times,
1: <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, once, it, once in Canada. I, so we got to see it in the Canadian language, which
1: was like, wow, mind blowing. That must have been interesting. Star Wars was, is best
0: was, in its native Canadian. I, it's true.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, but
1: uh, I don't think I saw this in the theaters. I I don't know if I did or not. I can't remember. I may have.
0: How old I know I, I saw it in.
1: I was five, right? I was eight.
0: Eight, okay. No,
1: no, I was nine when it came out. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't remember. I know I saw it on uh, video because me and my friends would watch it all the time. Um, And I remember the first time I saw the preview or the trailer for it was on TV. And I was like, oh, cool. Because I wasn't a huge Star Wars fan then, but I I liked it and I'd seen them. And uh, so the, the Darth Maul double lightsaber intrigued me. But I wasn't really nearly as into it as you guys because I didn't have all the back history,
0: yeah, right, yeah, they were smart with Star Wars, though I mean, say what you will about the special editions, and we have said what we will about the special editions, but <laughs> that brought Star Wars back into the public eye on the big screen, all three of the movies um it, it was it it brought it back for a, a new generation you know it would it would have mm-hmm. brought it back for people your age Evan and and made it something. Yeah, we, my that, dad and, and I would see, see the and, uh,
1: special edition.
0: Yeah. It, um, it, it, it brought it back into the public consciousness. And then now you have episode one coming, um, 20 years later, 22 years later, and worldwide gross on this almost reached a billion dollars. Almost. Wow. Came close. It tried, tried hard, couldn't quite do it. Yeah. But – and it was the number one uh, grossing movie of the year by $300 million. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, by $250 million. But uh, Sixth Sense was uh, $672 uh, million. Wow. Yeah. Which – talk about two very different movies. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Uh, From just the mood, the tone – uh, that was one, uh, it was word of mouth that that movie wrote on, you know, they, yep. people mm-hmm. saw it and they're like, you got to see the end of that movie. We're not gonna, we're not gonna give away the ending, you know? And so people have to go and see it. And
2: yeah, I got the ending blown for me <laughs> by someone who figured it out from the trailer. <laughs>
1: I had the ending blown for me by other movies who were commentating on it.
0: Right. Well,
2: yeah, because, I mean, you saw it probably much later.
1: <laughs>
0: well, that sometimes. that joined the I list of – I've
1: never seen it. Well, there you go.
0: <laughs> that, that joined the list of movies that would just like – when people are talking about spoilers in other movies, yeah. Oh, yeah, Rosebud. And oh, Darth Vader yeah. is his father. And oh, I see – Green. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. – Uh. <laughs> Number Never seen
1: that either, but I know what it's all about. <laughs> it is. Yeah.
0: Really all you need to see is the Saturday Night Live one where like we're gonna stop making soyant green. We're making soyant red now. And <laughs> it's Charlotte <laughs> Charles tested. he's like, Soyant Red is made of soyant green. It's, it's really funny. They go further than that. Um but I don't want to give away the ending of that sketch, so
2: no, you won't okay. save that.
0: So uh, number one was $924 million. Star Wars. Number two was Sixth cents with 700 or 672 million dollars. Number three was Toy Story 2. And now we're under $500 million. Nice. It's it's $497 million, which is nothing to be sneezed at. But another yeah. CGI extravaganza. I mean, yep,
1: the third be- best Toy Story movie.
0: And it's all CGI. <laughs> Like, it's it's more CGI, almost more CGI than Episode One, probably. But
1: yeah, yeah. and it was originally supposed to be just a direct-to-video release.
0: Yeah, yeah, can crazy. You, can you believe that?
1: No, <laughs> that's <laughs> like a full production by Pixar. Well, and well, they, we, I think we might have talked about this already. Straight but straight-to-video release.
0: You know how they almost lost this movie. Like. The servers went down, and they didn't have backups in the studio.
1: I think we did talk about it. So they
0: almost lost the movie. But (laughs) one of the people on the production was pregnant and was getting ready to have a baby, but she still needed to work on things. So they had one of their big giant computer processors or whatever it is at her house, and it had most of the movie on it. And so when they realized that the movie had been lost, they actually were watching pieces and things disappear from their screens, Uh, different elements (laughs) of the movie disappearing from their screens because they're using it on their computer. But it's on this other server and that server's going down and they're losing the movie right before their eyes. Wow. And wow, that's horrible. By the time they actually were able to (laughs) shut them all down, uh, they had lost a ton of the movie. And so they had to – they they realized she has the, these backups. And so they went over to get the, her, uh, her, uh, whatever it was that was in her house that had been, it was like updating um, overnight kind of thing. And, mm. and so they were able to put it in a car, drive it very slowly across Los Angeles and get that mm. and then make a copy of that. And that saved the movie because Crazy. this is in the middle of, they had already redone a whole bunch of the movie and, and re, reanimated a whole bunch of it changed a bunch of it and yeah
1: <laughs> amazing that's nuts it is don't
0: so yeah so the number four uh behind toy story is f- at 463 million is the matrix and right. num- number five at 448 million tarzan disney's tarzan All right. animated All right. Uh, Number six at four hundred and fifteen million. The mummy. Which um, you're not going to say all right for that. (laughs) Uh, Notting Hill, (laughs) number seven at three hundred sixty three million. Number horror movie, Notting Hill. Yes. What was that? The horror of Notting Hill. (laughs) Um, That was that movie with that one British guy.
2: Oh, that one. Okay,
0: Yeah, yeah, I got it. Oh, what's his name? I don't know his name starts with Sir Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts
2: oh that one yeah Yeah.
0: man Wikipedia is just nailing it for me right now
2: never mind I got this
0: list here (laughs) yeah Uh, the world is not enough James Bond number
1: eight
0: 361 great video game it was it I never did Uh that one
1: yeah I I enjoyed it never saw the movie Actually, I think I saw it once. That
0: was, was that the follow-up to uh, to a GoldenEye?
1: Tomorrow Never Dies. No, because it was GoldenEye, Tomorrow Never Dies, and then The World is Not Enough.
0: Oh, okay. Because GoldenEye is the the one that I remember playing on the, yeah. uh, the N64. Oh, yeah. That's the famous one. Yeah, yeah.
1: But So they, they had two versions of World is Not Enough. One was for N64 and one was for PlayStation. The PlayStation one was horrible, but the <laughs> N64 one was fun.
0: All right. Number nine, another uh, video game classic <laughs> American Beauty at six hundred or three hundred and fifty six million. Uh, OK, maybe not. Uh, actually, of this whole list, that's the only movie I haven't seen in these top ten. Um, which I haven't seen. Any video. I should have seen it based on like this is the year I went to uh, the film writing program in Los Angeles. Um, and this is you know, that was the one that won best. Best film, best director. Mm-hmm. Um, was it best screenplay? Yeah, looks like it was best screenplay as well.
2: Best screenplay, original, best screenplay adapted.
0: How did he uh, win original and adapted for the Golden Globes?
2: I have no idea. That's
0: weird. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there it is. Um, and then number ten, Austin Powers: The Spy Who Shagged Me, three hundred and twelve million. <laughs>
2: Which we uh, probably won't talk much which about. Which
0: one was that? Wah, wah, was that the second wah. or the third one?
2: That's the first Do we part, care. That well, was the first one, the believe. That was the second one.
0: Second one. Okay, so that was the one.
1: With the fat version. Yeah. Of him. The Scottish. Wait, so, yeah. so you're telling me Wild Wild West didn't make it on the top ten?
0: Uh, um, I am. Apparently. I am telling you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I Hey, I was there. Wild Wild West, opening weekend, I'm pretty sure. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Christopher wow. Lawrence, my favorite Martian, did not make it onto
1: that list. <laughs> Saw that, that one. Saw that one.
0: <laughs> well, OK, so let's talk about the sci-fi movies of that year, um, because not only was this the year of CGI, but it's also the year of virtual reality movies, um, because you had the 13th floor and the Matrix, which were both about virtual reality. Um and it was one of those competing movie things, you know, where, hey, well, we've got Dante's Peak and Volcano coming out the same year. We have Deep Impact and Armageddon come out the same year. And this one, it was The 13th Floor and The Matrix. And Ooh. also Existence. i never The 13th se- Floor. I remember seeing Existence, but I can't remember if that was virtual reality. That was a David Cronenberg movie. And I can't remember if it was a VR film or if it was about just body horror. <laughs> might have been both. But, uh, all right so what else do we have for sci-fi galaxy quest you mentioned bicentennial man with robin williams
2: oh i like both of those an interesting one
0: iron giant not a big hit when it came out <laughs> th- but it has become a huge huge hit
1: yep my i saw space. it in theaters i think we i think we saw it in theaters twice it is my third favorite movie of all time iron giant I love it.
2: I'll, I'll give it to you.
0: Uh, Godzilla 2000, which was the oh. first Godzilla movie I was able to see in theaters. That was a man in suit movie. I went and saw the, the American Godzilla movie, but.
1: 98.
0: Yeah. But I was this...
1: very, very confused when I watched Godzilla 2000.
0: When when <laughs> did you watch that?
1: In when it Last came week. out on, on video. OK. <laughs> I, well, because I was. Nine, and so I thought this was the the sequel to the American Godzilla movie.
0: Oh yeah, that would not make much sense. Yep,
1: it did not. (laughs) So (laughs) me and all my friends rented it to watch it. We're like, like, what is going on? (laughs) I remember we watched it at a sleepover. (laughs) So funny.
0: Uh, We also had Gamera Three, which the rebooted Gamera trilogy is actually a pretty good kaiju film trilogy uh i won't say it's a great film trilogy in general but if you like kaiju movies that trilogy is a really really good series uh muppets from space 1999 yeah we need to start talking in specific about (laughs) these well yeah yes we do let's just go take them as they come so what do we want to take first let's talk about iron giant iron giant all right iron giant I love it. It's Love it. it love it. Love it. Great it, movie. It is a great movie. It is really good.
1: It's one of the best Superman movies ever made.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> whatever. It is.
1: <laughs> Man, if Superman was
0: a giant. OK, uh, let, I really let's hear wanted. To, What's the justification? Because you're not the only person who says this. It's, it's also like mm-hmm. saying Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie ever made you know, or yep. galaxy yep. quest is the best star Trek movie ever star made. Trek movie, yeah. um, so how is iron giant, the best Superman movie ever made?
1: Well, it's like the, that one comic you gave me, Ben about where it's like uh they, they do Superman, Batman and wonder woman, but in the real world, you know, where it's like, it's not actually them, but it's them inspiring people, you know? So in this movie, the iron giant is trying to figure out who he is and what he is. And he keeps going back and forth. For is, is he a monster? Is he a gun? Is he evil? Is he good? And all he knows is he read a Superman comic and he wants to be like Superman. And at the end of the day, he flies up like Superman and gives his life for everybody to live. And that's who he finally chooses to be. You are who you choose to be, which is the main tagline of the movie. And that, who does he choose to be? Superman. Hmm. So you would say that was that's the best Superman Bump. movie? I said just. one of. Okay. I said one of the best Superman
0: movies. Okay. And Superman so it's up three with... is another one of the best Superman movies based yes. on on your soul searching that you did today. I love
1: Superman three.
0: <laughs> it's my
1: so favorite fun. of the the Christopher Reeve movies. I love I it. So can't,
0: <laughs> I can't even with that because I, like it, <sighs> that statement makes me so. Flustered that I actually use the phrase "I can't even," <laughs> but no. Yep. Here's the thing about Superman separate, three, though. I can't even. Superman three has the worst Superman opening of any movie because it's just it's just clown shoes. A
1: false, utter falsehood.
0: <laughs> you it like is wonderful that that camp, yes, crazy, stupid, yes. ridiculous, stepping on the man's head in the manhole. You know, like, yes. like it's it. three stooges. So here's
1: the thing, then. <laughs> yes, but, it is, but.
0: Okay, so the opening for me is the worst, but it also has some of the greatest moments of the Superman franchise with that mm-hmm. that battle in the, the junkyard is yeah. brilliant. What? I, love all
1: his, <laughs> what? I love all his interactions with Lana, and I, I love okay, that's fun too. Take, uh, and the saving the chemical plant. And I was watching. I love Richard Pryor. I love him in that movie. I love his character. He's so funny. And then I was watching a clip from it today. And it's the the bad guy, the the Robert
0: Vaughn, cheap cable version of
1: yeah. Lex Luthor. And he's like, I asked you to kill Superman.
0: And you, and couldn't, you couldn't do that do one. That. Simple thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It cracks me up man i can't stand richard Pryor in that movie um, oh, and that's oh, that's, that's so the problem is it's just the all the slapstick if you take out the slapstick and you and do the the down-home stuff when he goes back to smallville and and keep the the evil superman or i guess not evil superman but but really really um Annoying Superman. I mean, inconvenient Superman is is, is what he is when he <laughs> when he turns evil. He just He's becomes just a major, man. major inconvenience for the world. You know, like he he makes the leaning tower of Pisa straight <laughs> up and down, which just ruins yep. the business of a guy who has a cart of ceramic leaning tower of pizzas I mean, that's brutal, brutal stuff. <laughs> and he, See, and he blows out the <laughs> Olympic torch yeah out of the side of his mouth
1: (laughs) 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 right as he's about to light it yep so funny so ben here's here's where i think we are differing because
0: oh it's very clear
1: you, you, you grew up with you grew up with these and so you take them very seriously but to me they're all super campy and cheesy even the great first one and uh you know it's got some classic moments in it but the Superman three I guess just hits the right balance of its classic Superman but we've, we're leaning into the cheesiness of the the era or whatever yeah and Superman it, four doesn't do that because it's just shoddy
0: yeah I, I don't think it, it it's its tone doesn't fit with the other two for sure and the kind of cheesy that the other two have uh, this is the one where they say hey, the, and it was a producer. It was one producer in particular on on Superman three who really amped up the Three Stooges stuff, and and really pushed for that to happen. And Dude, and that's
1: I, I love that opening where the guy almost drowns in his car.
0: Oh, so funny! <laughs> oh man!
2: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> so, anyway. That was anyway, not back 1999. 1999. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Iron Giant. You know, it's one of those movies. You're not the only one who said that. I I'm just really going back and forth on. I don't know if I. I don't know, but it's so good. It is such a good movie. Yeah. And yeah. oh, there's a mouse running back and forth. Ooh. In the room here.
1: I've got my traps
0: out. We have yeah. another mouse in our house. We do too. This one, he's. I think he's trying to figure out which way to go. Cause he keeps going back and forth. Well, fortunately my kids and my wife are upstairs. They don't know. They don't need to know. <laughs> they don't but, need to know. <laughs> uh, our traps are out. So we'll see if I can catch them on live live TV here. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful movie. It's a great movie about the cold war. And yet at the same time, it's just timeless. Uh, about, you know, conflict and and that kind of thing. So, and yeah, choosing to help, choosing even if you're made, I mean, if you want to talk about spiritual applications, you know, this is a fallen creature. I mean, he is made for war. He is, uh, you know, he's, he's bent, he's broken, you know, but he's choosing not to be, he's choosing to turn away from that. And, and choosing to turn away from yep. his sin nature. And, and it's an inspiring movie. I mean, you're right. You're exactly right about how Superman inspires Iron Giant. But the movie itself, Iron Giant, is inspiring.
2: And yes. Yeah.
0: It's um, good
1: stuff. I was so bummed because uh, they re-released it in theaters a couple years ago with new footage. Um, they did a whole flashback sequence to – you know, who made him and stuff like that and his true purpose. And I couldn't go see it because I had a father son retreat that weekend. It was only in theaters for two days.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't see it either. I can't remember why, because I would have taken my kids to that. I remember thinking about it and not being able to. But was that added footage ever released?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I need to look that up.
0: Yeah, I'd be really curious um, about you know
1: that. What, you know what it was, Ben? I don't even think it was a father-son Treat. I think it was released on a Wednesday. Like, it was just two Wednesdays in a row that you could go see it.
2: Hmm.
1: That's odd. So, yeah. All yeah, right. right, next movie.
0: So that's Iron Man. Uh, or not Iron Man, Iron Giant. Let's talk Matrix. Uh, okay. We don't have to oh, talk man. too much about Matrix because, like, if well, you've heard the joke. I've made the joke, you know, but 1999 comes along. The Matrix comes out and youth pastors everywhere rejoice because they have something <laughs> that they can use to engage with the youth of the day. And yeah, and now we have a new one coming out yep. and youth pastors everywhere are rejoicing because finally yeah, because... they'll have something else that they can use to, to be, a, a you know, are you going to choose the red pill? Or the blue pill the in your pill. life. In your yes. life. Jesus wants you to choose the right pill. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like, why are we trying to push pills off of the kids? <laughs> Isn't this the wrong <laughs> message we're sending? Yeah, it's it's kind of sad when, when people can't rely on, you know, the scripture and you know, <laughs> the truth. And they have to go oh, to... Uh,
0: well, okay. you know, I, that's what our podcast is all about, is is going to yeah. yes. these other things. But... um.
2: It's not like we're trying to hey, – you know, Je- hey, kids, look over here, a shiny thing. That reminds me that Jesus is shiny.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jesus
1: yeah. used parables, man, and the Matrix is a great parable.
0: Uh, this That first it's one.
1: not a parable. <laughs> yeah, the first Jesus one. Jesus yeah. didn't tell yes. it.
2: <laughs> Jesus wouldn't have used so many swears, I don't think.
0: Or, so. yeah, quite the amount of violence. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this so, is
1: I just saw a clip from this the other day and it just reminded me how much I like this movie.
0: Yeah, I've it's been great thinking like about the rewatch. Like and if I did the rewatch, would I watch the whole trilogy? And that's the thing that's holding me back is I just can't bring myself to rewatch the second and third ones. Uh, no. Last time I last ben. time I watched them over again and it was just a slog for me. Um,
1: ben, ben.
0: It just was the especially that third one but the second one.
2: Oh, ben
1: ben ben ben
2: ben. Well, it's it's hard when when a, a a a franchise just redefines stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, the the first film or, you know, in some of these, like for instance, the the Matrix, the first film it doesn't mean the same thing that it did. It it's like I got into this because I liked these elements and now you're telling me those elements mean different things. It's like, why don't you just use the elements that were there or make up new elements? How about that?
0: What I got, what I got to appreciate about this though is um, as much as I didn't necessarily like the second and the third one, and I didn't feel like it was like delivering on the promise of the end of the first movie, mm -hmm. they were at least trying to do something unexpected. And and while each of the sequels had things you would expect, like giant climactic battle scenes and that sort of thing, um, they were trying to go places that you might not have thought they would try and go to. And, and so I do appreciate that. I appreciate the effort that went into not just redoing the first one or or whatever. Um, but I just remember like the, the one battle of Zion is just so long. And it, you're watching – and and actually, I, I, it's not my own thing. I think it was Robert Ebert who said it. Is that right? Robert Ebert. Is it Robert? Whatever. Roger. Roger.
2: Roger. Ebert. Roger
0: Ebert who said is like watching someone else play a video game, and and it is, it really <laughs> yeah. is. You're just watching the guns, and the guns are just shooting for like five minutes as the bad guys are swirling around. It's like standing behind someone in one of those shooting games, and. You know there's there's some good stuff there, and I do appreciate that they didn't just deliver the exact thing that everyone was expecting because that's what franchises are trying to do now is we're going to deliver exactly what you're expecting because we know you're going to like it because we're doing what you want instead of a, a director's vision. And whatever you want to say about the matrix and the sequels, the director's vision is there on the screen.
1: I cannot relate to your criticisms.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I have just given this whole thing saying how I can relate to people who do like the movies but um all right fair enough <laughs> fair enough but the first movie it's almost a perfect sci-fi action movie. It's it's just
1: It's very good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well crafted, well made. Not just shooting for the sake of shooting, not just – we have to rescue the princess, and so we're going to shoot everyone in our way. Uh There's meat there, and there's ideas there, and that's what you want in a science fiction action movie. Is something that has action that is exciting but also has ideas that are thought-provoking, and this one walks that line really, really well. All right. Uh Sh- Do we want to do the episode one thing?
1: I think – I think we already talked about it.
0: And I mean, okay. we can talk about it more. I mean, the, the big thing as far as the theme of this episode is just the CGI. Like this movie, it was so amazingly tech, uh, the technological achievement that it was. Uh, again, you, whatever you want to say about this movie, you got to appreciate the technical achievement that it was and all of the. Um, just the pieces fitting together and the CGI and the fully CGI characters and the fully CGI environments. And yeah, it that side of things, incredibly well made. Right. So. Mm-hmm. OK. Um, how about Bicentennial Man? <laughs> <laughs> That's about all we need to say about that. <clears throat> Hey, there's actually more to say about it, but we've already said it quite a bit. And yeah. well, I, I really want to rewatch. The I do entire... have
1: one amusing anecdote.
0: And I have one surprising thing I'm going to say, but go ahead.
1: Oh, the other day I was driving down the, uh, the road and there's this truck next to me that I was just, or I was following it and it was just like an environmental hack. Hazard man, like it was just the, the smoke and the smog coming out of this thing was choking me, and it was sounding like so. I was telling Shantae about it, and I was like, Babe, I was behind this thing, and it just reminded me of Sebulba's Pod Racer from episode one, you know. <laughs> and she was like,
0: Did she know? I don't know. No, okay. she did not know. <laughs> <laughs> so the story would have been it would have veered into the really impressive, uh, there yes, instead of just the mildly she, amusing, yeah, but, but yeah. <laughs> no, so my plan as we get ready for episode 9 is to rewatch the Star Wars movies in, in November and December. But my plan is to watch them in chronological order. Oh, starting ben, with episode 1 and moving to episode 8 and and going back. Are, are
1: you including Solo and uh, Rogue One in oh, there? Oh yeah.
0: Oh Sweet. yeah. Sweet. That is the plan. That is the plan. Now, not going to get into the debate but I'm not going back on anything because I've already experienced them in release order. But uh Right. The plan I understand. The, the plan now is to do it in, in chronological order and um yeah, make my way through. I'm not gonna do any of the uh Wait. the animated stuff. So I'm not, not doing Clone Wars or anything like that. But
2: not no holiday special. <laughs> mm.
0: No, it's too early for that. <sighs> Holiday special will be after we actually go and see the movie on the 19th. So there you go. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, Wing Commander. <laughs> have you seen this movie? Never seen it. Really? Nope. I
1: have not seen it. Never seen it or heard of it.
0: Well, it's based on the incredible video game franchise that by the time this movie came out was, I think, dying away. But yeah, it's the the video game franchise is basically a ripoff of, of star Wars. And it's that uh, X-Wing rogue squadron kind of video game where you're, you're piloting the ship. Um, The movie itself is, has Matthew Lillard in it (laughs) and uh, Freddie Prince jr. So it's, it's the Scooby gang or two of them anyway. And (laughs) yeah, it's just, it's a, teenager focused as far as like, that's the audience they were going for is 13 year olds. Um, star Wars esque kind of thing. And every once in a while, I think, I wonder if I want to see that again. And it just made, there's two things out of it that made an impression on me. And one was they did a bullet time scene where, and this Mm -hmm. is before the matrix came out, Mm -hmm. but where, uh, when the ships would jump into like this hyperspace or whatever it is that they have to move faster than light. Um, time would freeze within the ship and and they, they do the bullet time kind of camera thing where it's moving around and, and they're all frozen in time. And that was the f- first, I think that might've even been the first time it was used in a feature film. Um, I'm not wow. sure who, who actually filmed it first, Matrix or Wing Commander, but Wing Commander hit theaters first. Right. So. Nice. Uh, but really nothing else sticks out to me about that movie. The movie I do want to rewatch because I haven't seen it since 1999 is Bicentennial Man, which is that movie about Robin Williams, who's a robot that lives for 200 years. And
1: yeah, I just watched it recently, like last year. Oh,
0: really? Did yeah. you like it? Did...
1: Yeah, I liked it. When I liked it from what I understood of, about it when I was younger, but yeah, watching it again, it was, I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah, based on the book by Isaac Asimov. And yeah, I. I don't know how to watch it. I'll have to look and see if it's on prime or Netflix or anything like that, but it is a yeah, interesting
2: concept, but kind of, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's unfortunate that it just has that weird look to Robin Williams makeup and face and stuff because, you know, I don't think he acted poorly. It's just, You know, sometimes you look at it or you just look at the picture of it and you're just like, I I don't want to watch that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing about it is um, there was a little bit of a controversy where people thought that he wasn't actually in the suit. Mm -hmm. And like they just had a body (laughs) double for it. And he had to actually go on record and say that he was. Uh, But the other thing I remember about it is that it was just long. And looking here, I see it's it's, it's only two hours and 12 minutes. But
1: but it's interesting. I thought it was. I thought it held my
0: attention. Yeah. uh um,
1: you, m- much more than AI.
0: Which, uh, <laughs> well, uh, came out. When did AI now. come out?
1: Um, uh, probably sure. around the same time as this. I'm pretty sure. Um. Anyway, you want to talk about the mummy?
0: Yeah, sure. Let's talk about the mummy. I
1: really like the mummy. Really.
0: Uh yes,
2: I really did. I thought it was fun and funny and actiony and like all the stuff that I was looking for at the time. You know. So
0: It was very much listed a... as a
2: horror movie
0: here on Google.
2: <laughs> well, yes, because <laughs> there is a horror element to it. Well, so uh, I
0: yeah. It's an Indiana Jones movie. <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 with con- uh, with more comedy. It, it wants to be an Indiana Jones movie.
0: Uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. Oh, I didn't yeah. hate it. I,
1: th- I think I've only seen it all the way through once, maybe twice. And the one time was a couple months ago.
0: <laughs> Did you see any of the sequels?
1: Yeah, yes, I used to watch The Mummy 2 all the time. Um, I, di- I was scared of The Mummy 1 because of the scarab of mm. They creeped <laughs> me out so bad uh, when I was younger. But, yes, I've seen uh, The Scorpion King and The Mummy Returns several times. <laughs> and I've even seen some episodes of the animated series. <gasps> this, wow.
0: This franchise is just so interesting to me. And it's it's one of those where I don't even necessarily like the franchise. Mummy was a decent enough movie. I liked it enough. I went and saw the sequels. Uh, I've seen every single movie in The Scorpion King spinoff franchise really <laughs> <I> have wow <laughs> yep. interesting and actually the fifth one that just came out a year or two ago it was a netflix directed netflix movie it's actually got some kind of interesting stuff going on it's clearly low budget but there's some interesting stuff going on there what's interesting to me and i just can't remember how it even works in the, the mummy returns but the rock was a bad guy Like the Scorpion King was Mm a evil monster that they had to kill and vanquish. (laughs) But then they turn around and do the the prequels with the Scorpion King as the hero. And that whole well, because he
1: he used to be a warrior dude and then he got cursed or something.
0: It just it's funny because it's away as a monster. Yeah, but it's just funny because it's they they set him up as this cursed being and they kill him. And then they make a whole franchise about him, you know, as a young warrior. They, you know, it was The Rock in the first movie, but they've done prequels to the first movie. And then they've also done some um, movies where he's a little bit older, uh, but it's not The Rock. But it's just, hey, let's set up this awesome action barbarian hero. But we're going to set it up because we already know how he's going (laughs) to die. He's going to be turned evil and be a Stupid looking monster that looks like it was a PlayStation 2 graphics and and oh, oh. they're going to kill him.
1: Can I can I say something about that? Yeah. Uh, If you guys if you guys haven't seen this yet, go on YouTube and look up Corridor Crew or Corridor Digital. They're a video production studio and they took it upon themselves to go and fix that scene and make it actually look good and they did it
2: <laughs> that's cool
1: yeah so it, it's it's really interesting to see how they did it and to see the end product because it looks so much better well
0: the cool. question is was it a budget thing a time thing or was it the the time that it was made and the answer is it wasn't the time it was made because yeah. there was a lot of good stuff coming out in that time period well but- one
1: one of the big problems was they were trying to replicate the human face with, with early cgi and that's one of the hardest things even today yeah. to get right where people think it looks real you know yeah so that that was the biggest mistake i think
0: all right well i've got it here ready to do after we done we're done recording here
1: Sweet. And I encourage everybody listening, go check it out because it's really neat. Okay. Yeah, send me a link.
0: All right. <laughs> uh so that was the mummy. Um deep blue sea. Uh,
2: <laughs> I didn't see a deep blue A or deep blue B, so I just skipped this one.
0: Deep blue C. Uh their whole thing Jeez. was just for a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> These are <laughs> sharks that are not just sharks. They're not just hungry. They're intelligent and, oh, and we super strong and big. And we're in an underwater base with
2: LL Cool J
0: and Sam Jackson <laughs> and Thomas Jane <laughs> and, and S- Michael
1: Rappaport.
0: <laughs> and Sam this Jackson movie
1: is famous for one of the. Go ahead.
0: Well, are you, you going to talk about Sam Jackson's yeah. big speech yeah. scene? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yes. it's amazing. That's what
1: makes this movie famous is because it's one of the most abrupt death scenes you've ever seen. <laughs> it's like usually the abrupt death scenes happen when there's like a bus comes out of nowhere and hits you. But no, Sam Jackson is giving this rousing speech about how they're going to rally and get out of there alive, and the shark just eats him.
0: He goes <laughs> out of nowhere.
1: He just eats him in the middle of his speech. Yeah, they made a I used to see this movie on TV all the time. Yeah. Did they?
0: They it did. Oh, yes. it's just like a year or two ago. I haven't seen it yet. But yeah. They made Did you see the Meg? I yeah, something. Yeah.
2: I haven't seen that yet. I feel like a jerk. I mean, J.S. G- Earls was involved in it and everything. And well, Meg-
0: he did the comic book adaptation of the book. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um,
0: you know, my connection to the Meg based on that, I'm in the comic book. Oh, like,
2: I think I saw. Wow. Something like that.
0: I'm in one panel uh, as a news reporter, <laughs> uh, news reporter, Avery that's Benjamin right. reporting for. Um, so I had to send in a reference photo for the artist. And
2: that's awesome. Yeah, nice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh the movie itself though it's it's i liked it quite a bit actually um the beginning with the exploration underwater are and you talking just,
1: about meg or yeah deep i'm Lucy? talking about meg
0: i like deep oh, sea. i remember okay. liking deep blue <laughs> sea but i like the meg it opens up with this exploration and it feels like just this sci-fi world you know and then um and and then it turns into what you'd expect it to be. It's not quite Shark Sharknado, but
1: <laughs> not quite. Yeah, there are some there are some scenes at the end where it's like action pose. We'll just yep. stop the camera here, yeah, for a second.
0: And it's <laughs> almost like the characters know it. You know, it's it's yeah, almost uh-huh. where their characters like, like, oh yeah, this is camera. oh this is the point in my story where I do this. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Uh, mm. Godzilla 2000. We talked about a little bit. Gamera, Gamera mm-hmm. three, wild, wild west. Which, I do like, I do like
1: Orga, the monster from, uh, Godzilla 2000. Cause he shoots stuff out of his shoulder. I just think it's a neat design.
0: It was a really cool design. And, and the battle yeah. in that movie was cool. And talk about the CGI effect. This is the first movie that has a fully CGI, uh, <laughs> Godzilla. First Japanese version of, a, of Godzilla that has fully CGI Godzilla. But it also was a person in a suit like that was the big, big thing. When I went and saw this movie, my friends and I from it was actually during the month when I was at the writing program and I went with a couple other film friends. And as we were walking up to this movie, we're just like, it's a man in suit. It's a man in suit. And and sure enough, uh, it delivered on the man in suit. It had some cheeseball moments, um, had some fun moments. And yeah, it was a. A very welcome addition to the Godzilla Pantheon of movies.
2: Sotomu Kitagawa as Godzilla. Uh
0: okay, Wild Wild West, speaking of giant monsters, do you know (laughs) do you know the Superman connection to Wild Wild West?
2: No. It was actually written oh, wait, as yes. a Superman you, movie. Yes, 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 with yes, him yes, Going back in time no, and joining no, Steve. The, the television no. show from the 1960s. Am I wrong?
0: You are wrong. Although no. someday yes, we, need wrong. That, uh, we need to talk about that. We need to talk about that television show. I, relo- uh, I oh, really enjoyed oh, the oh, television let me say show. It, then. Go, go, go ahead. The Superman Connection. Going to u- yes. The
1: director, right? Wanted to put the giant spider in Superman Lives by Tim Burton, but I, that movie never happened, so he took his giant spider and put it in Wild Wild West.
0: Not the director, I think it was the uh, the producer,
1: right? Okay, yes, I, I,
0: Cause, I, I, yeah, because
1: Tim Burton was going to direct the right,
0: yeah. right, right, but yeah, the yes, because he just, just really wanted a giant
1: <laughs> spider,
2: <laughs> really bad.
0: Yep, yep.
2: Where else could you put a giant spider except for you know? A, a cowboy movie. Yeah.
0: To be fair, to be fair, the original series was it was James Bond in the Old West. And there was a steampunk aesthetic before a steampunk aesthetic was a thing in the right. Wild Wild West TV show where they had contraptions and gadgets and, and things like that. And, and it was a sci fi fantasy Western. So right. it's not completely out of place. It just – it's – yeah. I This movie starts with – if I remember, if it doesn't start with it, it's very early in the movie. They have a close-up of the White House and a giant tarantula crawling over it, and then they pull back. And it was like a model of the White House, and then we get the giant steampunk robot spider that that became the, the action set piece for the end of the movie if I remember correctly. But. I
1: I watched The Honest Trail for this and they one of the things they commented on was that the two main characters when they're up against the bad guy all they do is just make fun of him for not having legs.
0: I do remember not
1: that nice
2: very nice this you so won golden Raspberry Awards for worst screen couple worst original song uh by Will Smith worst screenplay worst director and worst picture
0: I did like the song mm. because it used um oh it used a Stevie Wonder song oh, I can't remember which one it was now but they used a, a a sample from a Stevie Wonder song from the 70s that it's a fantastic song but anyway that's we am talking here about
1: Galaxy Quest
0: yeah, let's talk about it. It's a movie that I really wish I'd seen more than I've seen it. I really think about watching it whenever it comes up, and I'm like, oh, I need to watch that. And I never do. And mm. so this will be another day where I, I, oh, I really need to watch that again. Will I? I don't know. I've seen it so
1: it. many times, and I love it every time. It does not get old.
0: There's a lot to love. It
1: holds up. Yes.
0: There is a lot to love.
1: Like every single character.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They really took their time and put together these. I mean, they're they're obviously you can you can sort of peg, you know, like the Spock character and stuff. But there's so much more than that. You know, they have Um, their own thing and uh, their own aesthetic. And it's, it's really refreshing to see that in what is otherwise a parody film. You know, sometimes they're just so cut and dry, and so pigeonholing the characters and everything, and and this one, um, you know, well,
1: and like like you know, in like Spaceballs, there's like no heart to the movie. It's it's all just dumb jokes for the sake of dumb jokes. But this, it is kind of a parody, but it's it's got heart. It's got real story. It's got. Re- Real character, it's got mm-hmm. real moments, you know. The
0: the characters it's actually just I, have I remember
1: what
0: the characters actually have real motivation and their own mm-hmm. backstories and the fact that it they're talk you know, the high concept is it's the actors being forced to live out in real life right their sci fi show. And so yeah. that adds a, a whole new level of depth where yes, there's parodies of Spock and Kirk and all that stuff. Um but then you also have it turn around and, and be like real characters who are thrown into a, a really awful situation, and it it just works. It just works well.
1: <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing an interview with uh, Patrick Stewart who uh, – he wasn't going to go watch the movie because he's like, oh, they're just making fun of us. And his all his friends were like, no, you need to go watch it. And so he, he said he went and watched it and he was rolling in the aisles is what he said. He thought it was so funny and right <laughs> on the nose. So,
0: yeah, it was good stuff. Very good. Um, Muppets from space, Muppets <laughs> from space, which has some funny moments in it. Yeah. Uh, but it, you want to talk about heart. This does not have the heart of other Muppet movies. Um, mmm And it wasn't quite the nail in the coffin, but man. I enjoyed it. I, well, I I really didn't like that they clearly defined Gonzo. You know, and they're just like, he is actually an alien. It's, it's the Superman story, you know, like (laughs) raised on Earth by whatever. But.
2: I, know, I, I I I liked Gonzo so much that having you know having it all play around him for me was a lot of
1: fun. Uh even even as a kid, I did not like this one. And I think mostly it's because the preceding film was Muppet Treasure Island, which is fantastic and hilarious. And this just did not hold a candle to that one.
0: No, it, I mean they were trying to go back to the whole like here's the Muppets in a story that's their story, you know, mm-hmm. and and the first Muppet movie is all about the the origin story of them going to Hollywood and getting their big contract. And and then the second one is them making a movie, um, but it's a movie within a movie, you know, and, and then the third one, it, you know, you're not going to get a canon there's there's not a very good Muppets Canon as far as like the one through line story that you can follow along because it doesn't all fit that way but um but the you know the the Muppets take Manhattan where you know Kermit and Piggy get married you know and then then you have the Christmas Carol and you have Treasure Island which are both amazing and so so good mm-hmm. uh, and then you get this and it's just kind of oh I can see what they're trying to do but there's there's some funny moments there's some funny bits and I mm-hmm. enjoyed watching the movie, but it's not one that we go to very often when we're wanting to get a Muppets fix. So we don't
2: watch a lot of Muppets around here. It's sort of a shame. I don't I don't know what's wrong with my family. <laughs> I guess I do now. It's it's the Muppet thing.
0: yeah. You don't watch enough Muppets. That's what's wrong. <laughs> so. Uh. so
1: okay. Okay, another movie I want to talk about that was released in 1999, and we don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but The Green Mile uh, with Tom Hanks. I We only just watched this a couple years ago, and we, we went into it blind. We had no idea what it was about. Oh, really? Ha. Yeah, n- no clue at all. And we had n- nothing, nothing. We just knew Tom Hanks was in it, and he's a good actor, so let's watch it. And so it seems like a <laughs> – so – when the twist happens in the middle of the that movie out of nowhere we were, for you, we were like, <laughs> we were like, what is happening? We like, what is going on? <laughs> we, we just like had to deposit We're Like what is going on? What is yeah. this movie about? <laughs> yep. So that was fun. <laughs> the first watch through just not having a clue. Hmm.
0: So uh, this this year also had some some lower budget things. You know, we have episode one in the Matrix happening. Another one that was huge was the Blair Witch Project. Yes. Which
2: no, no budget.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was. It was huge, though. Yeah. And that was one where people. (laughs) I. Heard of this happening and then it happened where one of the people I went and saw the movie with was actually saying, yeah, I heard this really happened. This is, this is real. Yeah. And it's one of the, because it was one of the first found footage movies and they did try to present this movie as uh, they didn't maybe come out and say, yes, this is real. Um, But they did everything short of that in some of the promotional stuff that they did.
2: And wasn't the, like the first couple of like frames where, you know, this Mm -hmm. was found and, you know, at, at this time, no one has been found or something like that. And then it starts to, to run the film and you're right. just like, Oh, here's some kids. They've got a video camera. This is long before video cameras on, on cell phones. So it's not like, you know, everyone had it. There's yeah. still, you know, the, the whole thing where you have to actually physically have film, you know, so there's that. And there's, um, you know, and, and so you're, you're, you're watching it and,
0: and there's a lot of improvisation going on
2: yeah um yeah yeah not all of it great <laughs>
0: nope no nope.
2: but um but it
0: was there and yeah. and yeah and that gave everybody the whole snotty nose uh confession uh scene that got used over and over and over again in te- television shows and movies but they uh you know, parroting that, that shot where she's holding the camera herself at this low angle. She's crying. <laughs> There's not yep. coming out of her nose. And <laughs> yeah. So they, yep. they gave us that as well. So, so thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, Tarzan. Oh yeah. Uh, talking about CGI, there was a lot of stuff in CGI going on in this movie. I love this movie.
1: I really yeah, like this. Great. Um, Glenn Keane is the lead animator guy on this, and the the head designer for Tarzan and he's just phenomenal um and then I think we've talked about this before, but this movie so it used c g i for the the tree moving through the trees and things, yeah, but then they also uh i can't remember what they called it, but it was a, it's a technique that they invented just for this movie, and then now it's like almost obsolete in today's world, and it was uh it allowed the animators and the artists to paint directly onto the CGI because they're used to, you know, painting mm-hmm. traditional backgrounds and things, and this just really helped their workflow. It's really neat.
0: Yeah, I as cool as the CGI was as he's going through the jungle, I didn't always like or enjoy him uh, sliding on the vines the way he did.
1: Um, yeah, well, I did.
0: but I love the character design. Of of, yeah. of Tarzan in this movie like it's just they did such a great job of, of pulling out uh, the, the gorilla like um, body shape of a human trying to be shaped like a gorilla, you know, the way he's walking on his knuckles and, mm-hmm. you know, so he's clearly got the proportions of a human, but he's he's trying to make his body look like the gorillas that he's living with. And yeah. they did such a great job with that.
1: Yeah, I went to see this in the theaters with my, my dad on opening weekend during a family reunion and it was so packed I had to sit on my dad's lap as a 9-year-old. <laughs> is that <laughs> I went legal? To see it. Uh, it.
0: Yeah. It was it, it is <laughs> very much so. Ah. So um I went and saw it in the theater alone because we were babysitting uh Pam and I and we were basically in a friend's kid and the theater was two blocks away. And so every every few weeks when we would go, sometimes I'd stay the whole time and sometimes I'd be like, I'm going to go see a movie. And so I walked, walked <laughs> down the street, went and saw this movie there. I really couldn't tell you what else I remember seeing there, but this was one of them. And one of the first movies, I, if not the first, I went to by myself. Wow. No, it's not the first. I went and saw Phenomenon with John Travolta by myself. Because I was <laughs> I was driving out to California. my van broke down, And so I pulled into a it was Saturday night. I pulled into a garage, and they said, "Yeah, we could look at it tomorrow morning, but uh, not today. So I went got a hotel room next to the the the, the mechanic, and then walked down the street went and went saw a phenomenon with John Travolta. And then came back to my hotel room. And they had a hot tub in the hotel room. I asked them for the cheapest room, and they're like, "We don't have any other cheap rooms left. We'll give you our best room at the cheapest room price." And I'm like, "Yeah, awesome!" Ah. And I watched I watched Midnight <laughs> Run with uh, uh, Charles Grodin and Robert De Niro while I was in the hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another space-based movie or a space-focused movie is *October Sky*, directed by Joe Johnston. But have you guys, have you guys seen *October Sky*?
1: Didn't see it. Yep, I like that one.
0: Oh, Steve. Yeah, you gotta see this. It's great. It's really good. It's about a guy who, as a kid, was just working on making rockets and. Uh he's like in a mining town. Model rockets. Yeah, model rockets. Um he's in a mining town and Sputnik is up there. And there's some really great stuff that they do with just the idea of um you know being a miner and and going down in the elevator shaft while you're looking up at the stars above. And there's some really cool stuff in that movie. So October Sky, nineteen ninety nine. Check it out. Um, just looking through the list, see what else is there. <laughs> the Rage Carry Two. Don't recommend it. <laughs> um, Ed TV. Yeah, Ed TV with Matthew McConaughey. Did you ever see that one?
1: No, I think I'm out of movies that I've seen.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. So Ed TV is well, basically the Truman Show, only a little bit more realistic. <laughs> oh. where matthew mcconaughey is signs a contract to let people just follow him with cameras and it's a tv show and that's all i remember about it
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice about I, I, it. I take it back i've seen one more movie okay which one this year and it was sleep sleepy hollow um Oof. yeah
2: and i hated it so
1: much yeah not good <laughs> yeah. not good <laughs> I hated it so, so much.
0: How about a yeah. Ghost Dog? No. Ghost. Ghost Dog yeah. with uh, Forrest Whitaker. It's How about, about mystery three men. Uh, ghost Dog is he is a um, a samurai in the big city. Urban Samurai.
2: Urban. Samurai.
0: It's Forrest Whitaker, man, showing off his sword chops. Got him a job on Star Wars. <laughs> Two decades That's later.
2: right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Mystery Men comedy. Yeah, it's true. Mystery Mystery (laughs) Men. I remember watching that. That's all I remember.
2: It 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 was a lot of fun. There are some inappropriate parts. If you're going to be watching it with kids, because you think it's a funny uh, superhero movie for kids, there are some funny parts, but there are some inappropriate parts. Um, I thought that. It, I mean it's it's one of those ones that, that I've watched multiple times um, because you know as as a, a, a superhero spoof I mean you have some really big names or sort of big names and I mean some of them are really I uh, Jeffrey Rush and Ben Stiller and uh, you know Tom Waits and Greg Kinnear and Eddie Izzard so you know big people were involved in this film it wasn't just you know a bunch of no-name people like you have a a lot of different uh you know this type of movie where it's you know the the goofy heroes or the heroes that are they they don't know that you know the the bad guys are really right next door so you know all these nonsense things but this was like the first one it was actually based off of characters in an actual comic book and um you know it was people whose names you knew so um you know i thought it was a lot of fun
0: yeah i i remember laughing i just i i know there's a lot of people who this movie is like it's quotable and they 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 go to this movie as a as a go to for something they really enjoyed but it just wasn't i haven't gone back to it I, maybe i should see it again but
2: it's, it's, I would say, watch it first if you wanted to share it with your kids. Then you could sort of edit the couple inappropriate parts. But, um, and they're not ridiculously inappropriate parts either. They're just the type of things where it's like, if you weren't a Christian, they'd be funny. But because you're a Christian, they're not funny. And it's sort of like they're presented for you to laugh at. And you're sort of, you're like, eh, okay. <laughs> You know, and they yeah. just become sort of the awkward. You know, you have to pause it and see kids there. Um, <clears throat> what he's trying to, uh, you know, uh, in 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 the the world outside of the church. I mean, you know, and just sort of gets to be like that. So,
0: well, you know what would be a a good movie for your kids then would be uh, the Adventures of Elmo in Grouchland. Now, you might want to stop the movie yeah. and say, now listen, mm-hmm. the reason he has this attitude <laughs> is because he's a grouch from Grouchland, but. Right. Yeah, they made an Elmo movie, and this was this was it.
2: Nineteen ninety nine, uh,
0: Three Kings, which is I, I haven't seen it since it came out, but that made a big impression on me. Uh, George really? Clooney, Ice Cube, uh, Mark Wahlberg, but um, really strong movie, anti-war, um, but it gets into some really interesting stuff with that. Fight Club was also nineteen ninety nine. I forgot about that.
1: Midsummer Night's Dream. Also, another movie I've had spoiled for me. Hooray. Or Fight Club.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: never seen it. Know how it ends.
0: Well, you can know how it ends, and and honestly, Evan, I, I don't recommend this movie.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um, but how Office about the Space? the Omega Code?
2: Oh, that was uh, oh man, that was nineteen ninety
0: nine.
1: Based on a Christian novel, I, wasn't it?
0: I don't think I, it was. I have uh,
1: not seen the Omega Code, but I have seen Omega Code Two. Yeah, it's a like pre-millennial ghetto. plot revolves
2: around a plan by the Antichrist.
0: But I, d- I don't think it was based on a <laughs> book by
2: Michael York. Um, let me check. Really the quick. Bible, Ben.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, I guess you could <laughs> make the you no. Know, here it says uh, Paul Crouch wrote the novelization for the screenplay.
2: Ah, uh, okay, so there, so there was, was, a, was book. a
0: book, but it wasn't based on a book. I think this was, hey, let's do Left Behind.
2: Yeah, exactly. And
0: yeah. yeah, it was a big movie though. I mean, I was working on a Christian campus at the time and also working at a church at the time or volunteering at a church anyway and, and doing stuff like that. And this was a big one for youth ministries and for uh, Christian subculture. And I actually never got around to seeing it.
1: It, has a- it too had a legit special effects. I don't know. I don't know
2: about the first one. The, the Omega Code has a rating of 8 at Rotten Tomatoes. Eight? Eight, eight, <laughs> 8?
0: 8%. <laughs> not 8 yes. out of 10 stars.
2: No, not... 8% <laughs> out of
0: 100%. <laughs> 8 out of 100
2: oh, stars, yes.
0: What oh, is the second one?
2: Uh, I'll tell you in a second. Let's see. The second, Megiddo, Omega Code 2. Uh, let's see. Oh, well, this one is... <laughs> This one is is a twenty five percent better by Rotten Tomatoes nice. it has, it has a rating approval of ten.
0: <laughs> yeah, so not twenty five percent of a hundred better, twenty five percent of eight. It's it's current score better. So right, that is yes. a healthy increase if they are going to look at it that way, though, Steve. That's I know, it's, good I mean, positive thinking there.
2: If they kept making films, then by Omega Code, let's see, 64, I believe, they would be up over 50. Well,
0: we'll see if they're not going to make any more. But
2: no, which is a good thing. Trinity Broadcasting Network, stay away.
0: (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I'm just trying to hit more highlights here, but I think we might have hit them all. Oh, Stuart Little.
2: Uh, yep, that's right. Uh, another
0: CGI Restricted movie up. with Michael a CGI character. Yeah,
2: they were able to shrink a mouse down to the size of a of remember, a
1: mouse.
0: Yeah, yeah, did a good job of that. We
1: watched that so much.
0: <laughs> um, Man of the Moon, which is, is not a sci-fi it? movie. Nope, but the movie uh,
1: that sent Jim Carrey over the edge.
0: I don't think it, that the movie dead. sent him there. I think that. This was just a destination along the way for him. Yeah. But, uh, amazing performance though. Amazing performance. And this is the I one. I have
2: seen the whole thing. Uh, yeah.
0: I just remember one of the scenes at the end. So spoilers if you haven't seen this. But um, where he's just searching for answers and he, he, um, he goes to a faith healer uh, in Mexico who – like does the whole thing where they're actually like reaching in and taking organs out. And then as they're doing this, he realizes uh, it's all smoke and mirrors. Like the person's not actually reaching in and taking anything out. The Mm -hmm. person is acting like he's reaching in, but he already has what looks like organs in his hand, you know? And, and so it's this whole thing and he realizes just, and then the whole thing is just about what's real, what's not real. And with Andy Kaufman, you know, it's all about him, like, the, the performance art kind of stuff that he would do, what's real with him, what wasn't real with him. And then you add that layer of Jim Carrey stepping into that character and it just, it's a powerful biography movie.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, Ultraman Tiga and Ultraman Dina and Ultraman Gaia battle in hyperspace.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen that one.
2: We forgot to talk about to <laughs> Wait, wait, you wait? You haven't?
0: No, no.
2: There was a sequel to the previous year's Ultraman Tiga and Ultraman Dyna: Warriors of the Star of Light.
0: Yeah, this is one of the 29 Ultraman movies I haven't seen yet. <laughs> um, I actually have seen a couple of Ultraman movies, by the way. So I make the joke, but the joke actually has a little bit more to it than that. So it's a fun character. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of fun. All right. So our next episode in this series but not necessarily our next episode in general is going to be uh talking about the year 2009. I just want to throw you off, you know, by doing the, this kind of thing where every once in a while we actually do a series that we we follow up on and finish <laughs> within <laughs> within a couple months instead of a couple years, but um yeah, 2009. There, there's actually some stuff to talk about there, and then 2019. That might end up uh, being I don't know something like a a year end retrospective for us because sounds good. You know, there are some interesting movies we got to see this year. Some of them we talked about on microphone, I'm, and some of them we haven't yet.
1: My movie rankings this year are looking very interesting. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and I haven't kept up with mine. That's, I haven't that's started.
2: Mine.
0: <clears throat> so, any final words, gentlemen? As we think about 1999, I've been married my, for two years. My I look final young words and fit. Would be
2: 1999, the number, another summer, get down, sound of the funky drummer.
1: All right. Evan. Uh, 1999 was the year that I was nine <laughs> and I like Star Wars episode one.
0: All right. <laughs> and all I have to say is, it is thank you very much for listening and say 2000, zero, zero, party over. We're out of time. So tonight I'm going to party like it's 1999. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Have a great 1999 and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David,
2: Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel.
0: We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com.
2: Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash and Aliens.
1: Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is one
0: 804-37-800. And once again thanks for listening say 2000 zero zero party over we're out of time so tonight I'm gonna party like it's 1999. I was dreaming when I wrote this, so sue me if I go too fast. But life is just a party and parties weren't meant to last. War is all around us, my mind says we're prepared to fight. So if I gotta die, I'm gonna listen to my body tonight. Hey, they say, 2000, party over, oops, out of time. (laughs) Larry
2: Boy, the rumor weed came out this year. We didn't even talk about...
0: We
1: just watched that this week. We
0: we just watched that this week. All CGI. All right. Exactly. (laughs) That's the end of this episode. That
1: movie is way funnier than it should be.
0: (laughs) Than it should be? No, (laughs) it's not funnier than it should be. It's right on target. Yeah. Right on target. It was height of VeggieTales. Also, if you were part of that youth pastor mix that was using the Matrix, you were also using VeggieTales in your youth ministry.
2: Oh, yes.